hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. So here's a thought, just a bit of a challenge for you today. If God can do amazing things in you, like miraculous stuff in you, like you heard about last week, then maybe he can do miraculous stuff through you. Oh, that's a bit scarier, isn't it? And that's what we're looking at in this series that we're starting off with tonight, looking at miracles. Like, what is it about miracles? Miracles are simply things that God does that you can't do. Let's just, let's just call it that. That's, it's just stuff that God does that you can't do, right? That's a miracle. Are we cool with that definition? And isn't God doing stuff in you that you can't do for yourself all the time? Are we good with that? So therefore, God can do things through you that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do for others. And that's what we're looking at um, over these next few weeks is, what does that look like? Let me give you an example. Uh, A few years ago, a guy from a church that I used to be a part of in Dunedin um, had this friend and he said, oh, could I meet up with him? And I'm always a bit sort of skeptical of that because... uh, yeah, people kind of try and, you know, pray for people and talk to them and all that sort of thing. And then when they get really stuck, they go, oh, let's call a pastor and see, see, see what he can do. And so I get kind of called in to sort of salvage these situations. But it's really hard, just by the way, when you ever, I actually don't mind you doing that to me, but um, it's kind of tricky because I don't know this person at all. So this guy comes to see me. He's not a Christian, he's not interested in following Jesus or anything like that, and he's a bit tough. Like, this guy, he'd he'd been involved with the mongrel mob, had tats all up his arm and across his forehead and stuff like that. He was a pretty hardcore guy, and I'm like going, oh, you know. And he actually met uh, me at my house, and um, and Jenny was like, you know, who's this guy? You know, like, do we want this guy in our house? And I'm like going, yeah, I'm not so sure either. Um, so he was pretty intimidating. And so we talked for about 10 minutes or so and just what um, this other friend, why he may have asked me to catch up with him and all that sort of thing. So it was kind of one of these awkward 10 minutes of going, oh, man, I don't know where to go here. And then God, I just felt God prompt me to ask him this question. And I wouldn't have, I I don't think, I'm trying to think, have I ever asked this question of someone before? I don't think I did. Up till that point, I've done it since then, but up till this point, I'd never asked someone, especially someone I'd never known, didn't know very well, you know, I'd never asked them this question. This was a question. I said, has there any, has there been a time in your life where something has happened that you can't explain? Now, I've learned that that's actually a pretty good question to ask people, just by the way. Try it out sometime. You might be really intrigued at the answer you get. So the question is, has anything happened in your life that you can't explain? And he goes, yeah, it's interesting that you should say that. And I go, yeah, well, tell me about it. He says, well, one time I was driving from Omaru back to Dunedin, and I had to get there really quickly. And if you know that drive, it's quite hilly. And especially just sort of north of Dunedin, there's a couple of really big hills that you get across, got to get across. Now, it's about 11 o'clock at night, so it's really late at night, and it's really bad weather, much like we had this morning. You know, wind, rain, and all of a sudden, his car stops 
um, going very, you know, starts, you know, hesitating and he thinks, man, I'm, you know, it's missing and just losing power and he thinks, man, I'm never going to get over those hills that are going to get me into Dunedin. And um, eventually he kind of stops on the side of the road and um, thinks if I just wait for a moment, the car will come right and I'll get going again. He starts again and the car's just getting worse and worse and he's thinking, oh man, what am I going to do? Like 11 o'clock at night, there's no, no one around to talk to or anything like that. And I said, oh, so, you know, this doesn't sound that, you know, dramatic, you know. And he goes, yeah, but it's what happened next. And I said, yeah, okay, what's that? And he goes, well, I called out to God. And I went, oh, now, now you got my attention. You know, how's that go? He said, oh, I was just so desperate. I was thumping the steering wheel and I was just going, God, if you're there, I need you right now. And I said, oh, so what? Your car got fixed. He went, well, not initially. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, it was just kind of really strange. This, this love like I've never experienced in my life before just poured through my whole body. It was like I, 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 someone really knew me and loved me for who I was. And it was just like this amazing heat just went right through my body. It was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was just incredible, you know. And I went... Oh, yeah, okay. So what happened next? He said, well, I started my car and I went fine. <laughs> and I got to Dunedin. And I went, wow, that's so cool. And he goes, yeah, I, I, something I couldn't really explain. And I went, okay, let's just back up a bit. You prayed and then you felt this and then your car got, you know, that was previously broken was fixed. Uh, do you think that could have been God? And he kind of goes, oh, Hadn't really thought about it like that before. You know, I was like, oh, man, how could you be so thick, you know? But I didn't say that. I'm not that bad of a counselor, okay? Um, You know, but you see, the thing is that God is doing stuff in people's lives. Jesus is going, no, no, that's not what happens. What happens is in the day I'm tuned in to God and I'm saying, Father, what do you want me to do today? I'm looking for an opportunity to be used by you today. And then God reveals to him that, hey, there's George and he needs a miracle. And I go, ah, that's what you want to do. And he partners with his father to bring that miracle about. So the first thing we need to do if we want to be used by God to for him to work miracles through us, which is what he wants to do, by the way. Okay? It's not just something that in your heart you might go, oh, that's kind of a good idea. God actually wants to use Joshua Taylor, right? Yeah. He wants to use Rachel McConaughey. Yeah, he wants to use us. He wants to work through us. He wants to do miracles through us. So if we're looking for those opportunities, it's more likely we will see them. We're tuning into what he's doing. Uh, another uh, example of this is uh, there was a time, not so much now, um, but when I was traveling a lot uh, around the country for various jobs that I've done, I used to pick up hitchhikers because I was driving on my own. Partly I kind of thought, oh, it's cool to have some company, but I also prayed that God would give me some incredible opportunities while I, you know, to the people I was sharing with. 
Now, to be fair, because, you know, preachers get up here and they tell you some amazing stories, and then you go pick up a hitchhiker and it never works out, so you kind of think, has that ever actually happened? Yeah, I know, you know, they tell plain stories and all that sort of stuff. But here's the thing, probably nine out of ten, to be fair, went nowhere. The conversation just kind of didn't go anywhere. But one out of ten times, it was really, really powerful. So I'll give you one example. So I pick up this guy, and we are about an hour and a half away from where he needed to go. So I knew I had a reasonable amount of time. So I got talking to him, and he says, oh, look, I'm just traveling here. I'm from England, just traveling around New Zealand. I've got about a year. I'm just chilling out. It's all good. I said, oh, so why did you, like, give up your work in England and come all the way out to New Zealand? And, like, what are you doing with your life? And he goes, oh, I kind of lost my purpose, really. I'm just kind of looking for a bit of purpose in life. And I kind of went, hmm, yeah, there's... You know, sometimes you just hear it and you go, that's where God's working, you know, because I was looking for the opportunity, you see. So I was listening for, well, where is God working in this person's life? That's a great question to ask, by the way. When you're just interacting with people during your day, or if you get that opportunity to pray for someone, just say, God, where are you working in this person's life? So anyway, I just kind of filed that little bit of information and then further down the track, eventually after t- talking about himself for a while, and I thought, if I leave a pause in the conversations, it's quite likely that he's going to ask me the question, what do I do? So I was just sort of waiting for this to happen. And eventually he goes, so what do you do? And my answer to that question is, well, I help people find purpose in life. Which is true. <laughs> I didn't lie. It is true. He, his reaction to that was this. So he's, I'm driving the car. He's sitting in the front seat there. He literally goes like this. You know, like he throws himself against the door and looks at me like, what the? I won't say what he's saying. You know, and I go, like, I'm serious. That's what I do. And he goes, really? You know, like this. And then we had a really, really interesting, deep and meaningful conversation. You know, there was, God set that up. God so set that up. And if you want to be set up by God, be willing and be praying for those opportunities. Here's the second thing that Ananias did. He was aware of the presence of God around his life. How do I know that? Because he heard from God. And you can't hear from God if you don't know the presence of God. When we are aware of God's presence we will be aware of God's work. And we'll be aware of God's word. It all goes together. And the foundation is being aware of the presence of God. Let me put it as bluntly to you as this. If you're not praying, if you're not worshipping every day in your life, you won't be aware of the presence of God. You won't have that acute awareness of what God is doing in you and around you. But if you are a worshiper, if you're a prayer, if you're someone that spends time with God, you'll know his presence. You'll know what it is to hear from him. You'll know what it is for him to be there with you and sense that, yeah, God is, God is with me in this moment today. I, I, I'm aware of him being here right now. So that when you're praying for someone else, and you sense that same presence, you go, okay, God is here. God is working in this moment right now. 
It is such a powerful key. So first one is be looking for, pray for opportunities. But the second one is be aware of the presence of God. And, and take that awareness with you through the day. Do you know what I mean by that? So um, it's not just, you know, you, you, you have a prayer time in the morning or you put on your favorite worship music on Spotify and you put headphones in and have a great time with God in the morning and you go, yeah, I sense the presence of God. And then you kind of walk out from there and just ignore God for the rest of the day. That's kind of not the point, okay? The point is that you carry that sense of God's presence with you. You carry that sense of awareness with you. So that you, when you're walking down the road or going to your cafe or whatever you're doing, you just go, God, where are you working right now? Where's your presence? What are you doing? And you're just looking for that sense of God's presence in your heart. And I think that's what Ananias was doing here. Now, to be fair, he questions God. He's, he's not really sure of what's going on. So he goes, you know, God speaks to him in a vision. And he's going, ah, yeah, I'm not so sure that's God. And, and that, I get that. We're all a bit like that, okay? So if you think there's someone sitting in this room that just so clearly hears from God and knows God so well that they get it right every time, well, you're very, very wrong. There's, I don't think there's anyone like that here. But there are times that we go, yeah, I think that's God, and we do something with it, and we, and we, we take a step of faith, and God is there. And that teaches us to take another step of faith the next time, which is the third point. And what I see Ananias does here, he goes, okay, God, if this is you, and God reassures him that it's him. He goes, are you sure, God, like this guy, you know, he persecutes Christians, and God goes, no, I'm really sure. Then Ananias goes in obedience. So the first thing is pray for opportunities. The second thing is be aware of the presence of God, not just in you, but around you. What is God doing around you? And then just be willing to obey. Now, sometimes that goes amazingly well. And sometimes it doesn't work out quite so well. <laughs> I remember times, I was, I, was in, um, I was in America, actually. I was in Chicago, and um, I was at a very large church. And I saw a guy across the foyer, and I thought, I just felt God gave me a word for him. I didn't know him from a bar of soap. But I thought, oh. And then I went, no, I don't think it's you, God. And then, and then you kind of get that kind of, oh, yeah, I think it is. Oh, maybe it's not. Oh, yeah, no. I think, and then my heart started going fast. Oh, yes, I think it is God. So I go up to this guy. He says, look, hey, I don't know you. I'm, I'm visiting from New Zealand. But just, just feel that I've got a word from God for you. And, and he goes, oh, yeah, that's cool. What is it? And I, I share it with him. And he goes, no, nah, I don't think so. And just walks off. And I just went, Oh, man. <laughs> you know, at least no one else knew me there, so I didn't really matter. You know, so, so yeah, it can go, it can go wrong, but it can also go very well. So it's worth, it's worth taking steps of faith now and again and giving it a try. Just being willing to learn. Anyone who's been used by God has been willing to learn, willing to try something, and and fail sometimes. Uh, I'll tell you a, a good story because I won't tell you just the negatives. This was quite some years ago now, and um, a lady in our church came to me and said, um, or came to Ginny and I actually, and said, Hey, I, I really need healed of irritable bowel syndrome. It's, it's just, 
totally messing up my life. Um, I can't eat, there's a whole lot of food that I can't eat and it's, it's just really, really difficult and I get a lot of pain and all that sort of stuff. And we're like, and normally, you know, that sort of situation, I'd say, oh yeah, come over here and we'll pray and, you know, just on the spot. But I just felt God saying, no, 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 she needs to be prepared. And I went, okay. So I said, um, how about you meet us at, at our place in, in a week and in the meantime, I want you to just pray and just prepare yourself. And uh, oh, by the way, here's a John Wimber book. If you've heard of John Wimber, I gave him gave her this book, this John Wimber book on healing. I said it just might like build your faith and for healing and things like that. And she, uh, so she went, oh, yeah, okay. I think she was a bit skeptical, like, oh, why don't you just pray for me now? But I was like, okay, I'm being obedient. Let's just go with this. So she took the book away and she read it. And she came back the next week, and uh, I said, right, how'd it go? You know, are you ready for us to pray? And she goes, yeah, yeah, but I know what to pray. I've got it all sorted. And I was like, okay. She says, I was reading this book, and God just spoke to me through this book that I need to do this and this and this, and then as soon as we've done that, I'll be healed. And I was like, cool, sounds good to me. Let's do that. So we did that. She prayed this prayer that she thought she needed to pray. She did what she thought she needed to do. We prayed. Like, literally, it was like a one-minute prayer. It wasn't like we didn't sit there and intercede for the next hour or anything like that. So we prayed, and she goes, yep, cool, I'm healed. And we're like, okay. Like, I don't mean to be skeptical, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes God surprises me. And so, so I go, yeah, okay. She goes, give me some chocolate. And we're like, that was one of the foods you just don't eat. And she goes, she downs about a, like a row of chocolate and we're like looking at her going, yeah, okay, toilet's just over there, you know, you're good. And she goes, ah, oh, man, chocolate is so good because you hadn't eaten chocolate for years. She goes, let's have pizza. And we go, whoa, okay, hang on. You know, this is like, you know, it's cheese and all that. So people with irritable bowel syndrome, you just can't eat fatty, you know, cheesy sort of things. So we, she rings her husband up. We all go out for pizza um, that night when Pizza Hut, you could still dine into Pizza Hut. This was a few years ago. Um, and, and we had this huge feed, and we're all watching her the whole night going, you all right? You, you good? You good? We're still being skeptical. And she was fine. Never has she had an issue with irritable bowel syndrome. God does miracles. Do you believe that? You know that you believe it because God does it in you, right? But here's the thing. He wants to do it through you. As Sarah was sharing before, God, we're God's agent. He's keeping us here because he wants to do miracles in the world. How's he going to do it? He's going to do it when, we get, when we're praying for those opportunities when we come and spend time in his presence, so we're aware of his presence in us, and we're aware of his presence around us. We're kind of looking for, God, where are you working? And then we do it. You just give it a go. And, and like the culture of C3 and, and Christchurch is this, we just try something, and we're not arrogant about it. We're not kind of going, hey, thus saith the Lord. We're just going, hey, I think this is of God. Can I pray for this? Can we try this? And if it works out, we go, hey, great. And if it doesn't, we go, oh, well, that was a learning experience. You know, I think if we have that sort of culture, that sort of attitude, we'll be amazed at what God will do when we're willing to be available. We're willing to be used by him. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.